You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 138. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado, Roshan Warner, at Roro, the host of Large Popcorn and Video Essayist, Christian Macias, at ISO Christian. And one half of the Men in Gitch podcast, Gage Dempster, is out with heat exhaustion or heat. What, what is the correct heat term? Stroke. Heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see his neck? <sighs> not good. <laughs> not yeah, good. not good. Not good. Yes. Get better, Gage, please. Uh, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN, twitch.tv slash Podcast PXN, and Twitter as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is a bunch of game industry news that is heating up real good. Uh, I don't know. That was a terrible little pun. Uh, A bunch of earnings reports news and uh, some implications that will come out of those news items. But first, the show always starts with the PXN Quick Bites. I almost said the wrong thing. I know. know. (laughs) So let's go ahead and jump right in. Guys, the first item on the PXN Quick, damn it, I did it again. Quick bites <laughs> on the quick bites. We've got Blizzard news, and, and for once, it's actually some good news, guys. Blizzard mm-hmm. has hired its first vice president of culture to make themselves more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Jessica Martinez uh, joins Blizzard after 14 years at the Walt Disney Company. Um, and essentially, they're saying that they want to implement their culture strategy, culture strategy, ensuring alignment across all teams and functions and revamping learning and talent development programs. Uh, when you create a per- people first environment where teams feel safe, valued and work together toward a shared purpose, everyone thrives, the employees, the players and the business, Martinez says. So, yeah, this is great news. Uh, obviously, a much-needed uh, development from uh, Activision Blizzard. And as I think we've alluded to in the past, Blizzard's made more uh, attempts at that than Activision has on that side of it. So, um, but yeah, this is a good uh, good step for Blizzard. Yep, yep. More of this, more of this, please. Yes. Yeah, I, I would like more of this, please, so I don't feel guilty. And I can play Overwatch when it comes out, but... As of, as it stands, I, I still want to see some more change, but yeah, awesome awesome uh, steps are being taken over at Blizzard, as you said, Dan. But Activision, please follow suit. Get rid of Bobby. We don't need him. They don't need him. Yeah. Well, Ro, you want to play Overwatch two? Just play Overwatch one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> a new Mafia game, guys, is reportedly in development. And it is apparently a prequel to the original trilogy, and it's being made in Unreal Engine 5. Uh, This news comes as studio head Hayden Blackman and COO Matthew Urban has left the company. Um, And there was a statement by him as well. But uh, I think this is kind of cool. Uh, 
I'm very intrigued. Uh, I think Mafia 3 didn't quite hit the mark that I wanted it to. Uh, as someone who was a freaking huge Mafia 2 fan, I loved that game so much. And even the first one was a, a pretty good game as well. Um, so I really hope that this game kind of harks, harks back to like those first two games quite a bit more. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested. I don't know. Christian had a weird look on his face. I was waiting for like <laughs> he was gonna like, deliver something cool, but I think he's uh, no. I mean, yeah, Mafia, Mafia. Sorry, no. It's you'll find out later oh, in a second. Oh, okay. I, I, I it's kind of a surprise. Be, yeah, <laughs> I should play a Mafia game. Uh, is my takeaway because uh, yeah, there's an incredible clip from I think Mafia Three. Um, I forget what's the what's the main character's name? Like coming across a. Um, it's been so long uh, since I've played it. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, I, like I know, like Emmett, like really loves Emmett Watkins Jr. Lincoln. loves mafia games and Lincoln, yeah, and like mm-hmm. he says yeah. they're cool games, and I respect his opinion on games, so I should check out more mafia games. Cool yeah. stuff. And and Lincoln was like one of the bright spots for Mafia Three. Like Mafia Three's problems were in its open world. Like it was a very bland open world. I thought that you know they just yeah. didn't give you much to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, moving on, guys. The Summer Game Fest that Jeff Keighley is hosting, of course, it's to coincide or or team up with, I guess, his Game Awards that happens in December. Uh, This is his summer event, has a date for their live show, and it is going to be Thursday, June 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern or 11 a.m. Pacific. And it's also going to show up in IMAX theaters again, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I think we're gonna, we're gonna stream this on the channel. I don't know who all is going to be there, but I think I'll be in the theaters. Christian will be kidding. in the theater. I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably be streaming along with you guys. Yes. I have a take. You ready? <laughs> yes. Yes. Summer Game Awards is probably one of the best showcases we've seen in the recent years. Last summer, Jeff absolutely delivered great pace, um, great showcase of games. Um, probably even better than the Game Awards to be honest. And I'm excited for this year. Christian, Definitely. what can be better than the Game Awards? We were there. <laughs> true. I, that's true. Yeah, we got to see uh, Alexander um, Iron Fist, yeah. a.k.a. Potboy, in flesh. <laughs> oh, and I love the IMAX theater aspect of being able to have that communal, communal uh, thing that, if, that you know, the in-person event would have been able to, to bring to a lot of people. So that, that'll be a lot of fun to get, like, maybe an audience reaction of, off of really hyped games and just having that community thing, I think that's really cool. Have you guys been to a theater showing? Like one of the, I went to a, a PlayStation E3 one, and it was incredible. Yeah. There was yeah. there was a PlayStation experience one that I was supposed to go to, but I, I couldn't make it. But yeah, I, I, I want to do one of these one of these days. It sounds like a lot of fun. Well, here we go. We're we're gonna play hooky, and we'll all periscope <laughs> PXN at different different theaters. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure they'll actually be fine with it. That's the one time that you could have your phone in, in the in the theater. <laughs> yeah, like camaraderie. If I could speak camaraderie in those theaters, I'm sure it would be really cool to kind of be together for that. So, yeah. moving into our next story, guys. Original WWE developer Ukes has announced that they have a brand new AEW game coming called AEW Fight Forever. Uh, I just included this not because I'm a wrestling game fan or anything like that, but I thought it was interesting because Ukes was the longtime developer of the WWE games, and then 2K basically 
took their contract away and said, no, nah, we'll just do this internally now. Like we don't need you guys anymore. And so then they mm -hmm. went to the, you know, number one rival for WWE to say, Hey, let's, we want to make a game for you. And we have quite a bit of experience with this. So that was interesting uh, to now see them fighting against themselves, so to speak. Not the only sports game to be fighting against uh, its former. Yeah. Dev as we'll, as we'll talk about later. Moving on from that story, guys, uh, I thought this was another little cool little tidbit here. Fortnite is officially arriving on Xbox Cloud Gaming as of now. And so now, essentially, this is the first time and in a very long time that iPhone and iPad owners can now play Fortnite on their phones and tablets um, through xCloud, uh, which is interesting. It's an interesting way to get around the whole Apple Store um, issue that they're they were having and they went into legal battle with apple over apple and epic um and also it's still ongoing too right what's that the the lawsuit isn't that not still ongoing as well I, yeah i believe yeah. so yeah. and yeah. the crazy part is this is the first free to play game on xcloud well it's not called xcloud xbox cloud streaming it's so much harder to say that should have been nice yeah i think xcloud is, is pretty pretty yeah. good Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, more free-to-play games maybe will be coming in the future as well. Be interesting. Yeah, I think it's good that you don't need like gold and all that stuff as well, or whatever the payment thing. You could just play for free. You don't need an account. Just go ahead and play through our system, and hopefully, it leads to more uh, more games like this, more free-to-play games available, and just more games in general available this way. It's really cool. Absolutely. Christian, have you seen the movie District 9? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. That was quick. I knew where you were going. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I love this guy. Okay. So District 9 director Neil Blumkamp has officially announced that he has a new game coming. It's a cyberpunk battle royale game, which sounds interesting. It's called <laughs> Off the Grid. It pits 150 players against each other, but it also has PvE story missions that will also take place in the map uh, in real time with player actions affecting how the story and therefore other people's gameplay unfolds. Crafting and customization will also be a key component with players encouraged to trade items with one another, which I'm not sure how that works with in a battle royale. Like, hey, don't kill me. I just want to trade with you real quick. I'm not sure what that looks like. But, yeah, the, it sounds very interesting uh, to kind of expand on battle royale genre. Um, ask me my opinion and what you got for me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Wait. Have you played it? Well, oh, of course yeah. I haven't played it. Oh, <laughs> of course okay. I haven't played it. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> moving to our next story, guys. FT the FTC is officially probing Sony Sony Sony's Sony's I can't speak today, guys. Uh, Sony's Bungie acquisition as gaming merger oversight gets more aggressive. Um, obviously we've seen in recent week, I'm continuing my streak here, recent weeks that the FTC, uh, has been further and further investigating the Activision and Microsoft deal. So now, uh, it seems that they are, you know, putting their eyes towards this as well. And this is reportedly going to push back the deal into early 2023 until it gets completed for Bungie and, uh, Sony, if this does in fact get, 
um, I guess, approved by the FTC. I'm assuming it has to be approved as well. But um, very interesting uh, to see this. And, and I'm curious as to what the results going to be between the Activision thing and this. Um, mm-hmm. And especially like uh, especially in this case, like Bungie is still acting independently. Right. Like it's basically Sony just wants the you know profits off of Bungie, essentially, and the the experience of uh, games as a, as a service. Like, is, is that what you guys feel as well? That, yeah, that's for, what I feel. Oh, sorry, yeah. bro. No, I was just, I was just, just going to agree. Yeah, like, I think they bought Bungie not for the games, not for Destiny, but for, like, the talent there and to help them make their live service games or whatever else in the future. The technology, as you said, as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Why, why do you think they're investigating this? Just because of how Blizzard was handled, I guess? They're just, they're just worried about the future of <laughs> video game acquisitions? I don't know. It seems like a... Yeah. 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 I think there's a yeah. renewed focus at the, with the FTC uh, focusing on uh, less like tech mergers in general to like basically not make the big get bigger, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is the okay. thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting nonetheless. Uh, next up, guys, we've got some more Halo stories here. <laughs> of course, yeah, I got to throw it in here. Uh, but this is a cool one. Uh, there's an Asian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month free nameplate and emblem that they are giving away uh, for this month, which is super cool. Um, I thought that was really cool for Halo Infinite, in case that wasn't clear. Uh, also, the Halo TV series is getting tie-in items that are also free. There's like six items. There's some weapon uh, charms and stuff like that that you can you can get that um, are derived directly from the TV series, which is cool. And also, Joseph Staten, who is like head of creative at 343 for Halo Infinite, has teased that some remade fan ma- fan favorite maps from previous games will be coming to Halo Infinite. He didn't explicitly say that, but he was on uh, kind of funny's X cast and he was talking about how, uh, yeah, people like these older maps. Like we might be doing something, you know, maybe. So yeah, uh, that'll be really cool um, to try to get some new maps in halo infinite quicker. And I feel like that would be a yeah. nice way to do that. Halo infinite is such a sly little fox of a video game for me, you know? <laughs> And you may ask, what do you mean by that? I don't even know. But no, no, okay, I need, I do know. What I mean is, like, the fans who are invested in that game are invested, right? And they're, they're the most vocal about it, uh, both positive and negative. But from the outside looking in, it's very hard to get on read on what, like, the, play, like, the state of, of, of player base is. Because, like, I'll see some big names tweeting about, like, how, like, uh, this game should have still been delayed uh, further, and like it, it's still a ways away. But then I see like other people tweeting about like how like actually they're you know but uh, not Bungie, three four three is like making like the proper steps to like getting an actual like content drop more frequent, and like the the stuff that they have is good. The new season is great, so it's like it's so it's still so hard to get a read on this game for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, go ahead, bro. Sorry, I was I was gonna say I know uh, it's been mixed because of since the release as as christian was saying um and uh, how halo infinite not halo infinite how uh master chief collection launch wasn't super great still is is the same people right 343 did uh master chief collection too right um they didn't they didn't develop it but yes they oversaw it um they they weren't the developer for master chief collection gotcha yeah 
I, I was just going to say, like, as someone looking looking in and obviously not really in the weeds of Halo and all that kind of stuff, I I think they really like they really love Halo and they really care about that franchise. And I was impressed with how much they uh, stuck with Master Chief Collection instead of abandoning it and updating it and just adding some really cool stuff. Like Dan, you were telling me about like the arcade like additions. Like it's they added some skins, I think, and some maps from like an arcade game that not a lot of people even knew about, but they added it for the fans. And I just thought that was really cool. And I think they're trying to do that here. Uh, of course, I'm someone on the outside, but I think they're just playing catch up right now, but I think it'll be in a really good place eventually. Yep. Agreed. And yeah, the like at the end of the day, the game probably should have been delayed, but you know, that's not a call that 343 makes in my opinion. Anyways, I, I think that's a call that Microsoft would make. Uh, and especially after they delayed it a whole year already, it's like at a certain point, Microsoft's like, we got to release this, whether it's ready or not, here we go. But mm. yeah, Moving into our next story, guys. EA is getting back into making Lord of the Rings games. Uh, so they they announced this by uh, saying we've got a brand new mobile game coming, uh, apparently, um, which is what everyone wants, right? This game. Wait, is, it's a, it's mo- it's a mobile Lord of the Rings game? Yes. I don't want to care about this news anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I yes, I know. Uh, it's being made in partnership with Middle Earth Enterprises, as the image suggests, and will be solely inspired by Middle Earth, as described in the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien, according to Chief Brand and Licensing Officer Frederico, Frederica Drotos. But anyways, uh, this is Heroes of Middle Earth is the name of the game. will feature immersive storytelling, turn-based combat, deep collection systems, and a wide ro- roster of characters. But yes, uh... I literally just put this in here to say, give us a freaking new Battle for Middle Earth game, EA. I, I no, miss those you, games. You're, you're wrong. You're wrong, Dan. Just kidding. What? I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Um, I'm here to campaign for the return of the GameCube and PS3 era Lord of the Rings games because those were co-op and you play through the plot of the movies with, with friends. And I would argue that the Two Towers game is better than the two towers movie wow. you know what I mean? oh wow dang and that's coming from the film snob so. <laughs> the snob i'm sorry I, I didn't mean that negatively i just mean oh like, my god you're the, film, no, I, the film buff the yes film buff, buff sorry I, I apologize i didn't mean that <laughs> negatively my god didn't, didn't you, didn't you know what <laughs> <laughs> Last, this week I saw Dan on Letterbox update one of his lists, and I commented oh. like, "Oh, it's so nice to see you on this on on LB." I, I take it back, bro. Wow. I take it back. Wow, <laughs> I don't want you on this site. Uh, I only have one list on there. It's the MCU ranked list. <laughs> but I'm yeah, gonna go. Right. I'm gonna go comment on it again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Christian. I'm sorry, but you know what? You deserve it. After all the stuff you give me when you <laughs> have, you know what? Yeah, that's fair. I take it back. You deserve it. <laughs> All right, moving on, guys. Uh, We got a look at an interesting demo. Um, It's of Echu Damon Station in Toyama, and it has been reproduced in Unreal Engine 5. And my goodness, this looks insane. (laughs) Like, what the heck is... I want to know what kind of machine is running this game. It looks like photorealistic. Uh, the daytime for me looks way more realistic than the nighttime. Like yes. the nighttime, I can start seeing the video gamey kind of with, with like the lighting effects. 
but in the daytime, it looks like a, a real uh, station. It is insane. It's yeah, it's pretty crazy. I can't wait to see what. As and you wrote here, Dan, like what kind of hardware is running this? Like it's got to be some crazy spec'd out personal computers. It has to be insane. But I just like I can't wait to play games like this. I don't I don't want all games to look like this, but. Oh. Getting fully immersed into something like this is going to be, especially for horror, and just like, yeah, that'll be God. that'll be awesome. It looks crazy. If you haven't seen this video, definitely check it out. Yeah. It's it's insane. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of how freaking good PT looked on PS4. Mm, yeah, I don't know if any, did anyone play PT or at least you know yes. look at videos of PT. I watched some videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I wish Konami wasn't wasn't a jerk. Did you know they blacklisted um, PS5 from having access to to PT? So even if you have like the game downloaded and you transfer it to your PS5, like you you can't access oh, yeah. it. Mm. Why are they like? This? Sorry, go ahead. I just said, why are they like this? Oh, why? They, yeah, why are they like this? I I was just saying that I I downloaded PT. Uh, and then I deleted it because I played it for a couple of seconds and I realized that I'm not brave enough to play it. But after they removed it from the store, I was like, man, I should have just kept it because now it's gone forever. Yeah. Even if I'm not going to play it, it would be nice to just have on the menu. Yeah. So I had it on my PS4. And then, like you said, Christian, I tried to get it on my PS5 and I was like, oh, that's so disappointing. And I ended up trading him or I sold my PS4 on eBay. So I wiped it. It was good. It's gone. Why, forever. dude? That That's like... Oh my god! This that makes me mad. We talk all this stuff about game preservation. Here we are deleting our games. Hey, wait a minute! Them. It's not us on us to get, have game preservation. That's on Konami and Sony, and you know those that's, guys. That's, you're not wrong, but I can only get mad at you right now. Kirik <laughs> uh, Craft is in the chat. Hello, gentlemen. What's up, Kirik? Thank Hello. you for joining us. Uh, our next story, guys, there is a leaked version of Duke Nukem Forever from 2001, which is just four years into its development. And of course, this game, it took about 20 years for it to come out. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, kind of insane to actually look at this. Apparently, the leaker uh, allegedly built an editor to get this version of Duke Nukem Forever working and plans to release the full version in June. Uh, almost every level is present in some form, according to the post, though some with missing enemies and other content, and most weapons are fully functional. Uh, this game looks nothing like the Duke Nukem Forever we got uh, from Gearbox, who finally finished the game up, um, which is not surprising, obviously, because it's 20 years in development. But yeah, uh, kind of in interesting to see this. Um. It feels like a, a piece of history you can you can access and play if you if, if you so wish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that leaker's doing some good game preservation work for a game that didn't come out. <laughs> I, I love that the IGN uh, news article on this uh, at the like this is the end cap in our five out of ten review. IGN said <laughs> there's some dumb fun to be had at Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> Real dumb fun. <laughs> Uh, this next story is definitely for Roe because I know he loves <laughs> Dead Space. Uh, new Dead Space remake uh, developer diary that is focusing on the art design is uh, set to stream tomorrow, which is very intriguing. Uh, I, I've, I think as Christian is 
praising everyone right now. I, I am on your team here, Christian. I've been excited to see every mm-hmm. one of these dev diaries. It's really cool to see this kind of stuff, um, especially that audio deep dive. That was really cool to. That one was, I think, was my favorite. I think, yeah. and the yeah. f- the feedback that they got from that that they like changed a couple weapons because fans were like, well, "That doesn't sound quite like what we, we remember, like what we like," and they ended up changing. It, it was super cool. I didn't know that. Yep. I, it, as you said, Dan, it's totally for me. I know you were joking, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm, it, the game is too spooky for me. But I can definitely appreciate it, and I and I love the design for Isaac's like suit, like the art in Dead Space mm. is awesome. I think it's really cool. Um, I think horror in general has some really awesome monster designs and just like character designs and stuff like that. I'm just too spooked to play it. <laughs> so this like this video, I like. I could definitely see myself tuning in to just admire the art for sure. Yes. One thing I want to praise real quick, too, is like normally I like when video games aren't announced too early and they kind of go quiet. But other times I actually really like when they're announced earlier and then like devs are open about their development process just because like a lot of times we don't know like what actually takes to develop these kinds of stuff. So you just mentioned the 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 sound video like that was very cool to see how they're doing like real time sound effects like and how rooms and, and objects affects those sounds and like yeah. makes me appreciate video game development on a whole different level. So definitely. Yeah. Praise. I love when Bungie did it for or does it for like their Vidox for uh new expansions. They do some really cool deep dives in uh mm-hmm. how they make the game. And they do like sound stuff too. It's like really cool. I remember like one of the guns was made with a, a breast pump because everybody <laughs> was working at home and one of the sound effects was used me using like a breast pump of like this is wild, wild stuff. How do video games get made? It's insane. Really cool Foley stuff. I did some cool stuff with Foley audio in one of my college classes, and that was that was some of the most fun things. Like you just get to make sounds to try to match a scene. It's so cool. It's it's too hard. It is like, hard. Yes. How you came up with those stuff is like insane to me. Yeah, I respect those people. It's absolutely. Moving into our next one, guys. Gotham Knights has officially canceled its last-gen versions of the game. So Xbox One, PS4 uh, versions of the game have been canceled. Uh, Plus, we got a new look at the game. Um, I'm curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are. There's a lot of mixed uh, reception that I saw online. Uh, Some people were, like, uh, not so happy with how this game looks like, very much like a deep rpg it's almost like a i don't know what the right word is like you're you're looking for equipment to upgrade and stuff almost avengers-esque yep uh so yeah obviously this game has had a bit of a development turmoil uh, up and down um experience but are you guys interested in at all or are you kind of would you like to go first row Sure. <laughs> I'll I'll go first. Um yeah, I I was interested in it. Um it it's like the combat definitely reminded me of Avengers in some places. Definitely better because you're actually landing hits on the bad guys. It, you like even Avengers had a hard time showing off their gameplay. They were like missing like attacks, but anyways. Um yeah, I wasn't too impressed by what what I saw to be honest. There was like I don't know. The combat didn't seem that fun. It seemed kind of slow to me. Maybe it's just the characters that we that we saw, but uh, maybe I need to see Batgirl, and then that'll win me over. She usually does. But uh, yeah, it, the story looks cool. I, I I like what they're going for with the story, but the moment-to-moment gameplay didn't look 
super um intriguing to me uh honestly yeah that's that's just me i i love the batman arkham games i don't know why this isn't speaking to me but it's just maybe it is the gear score stuff like i just want to play the game (laughs) instead of having to grind as well yeah i I, sorry go ahead christian okay sorry uh for me like I don't know when it, when it was first announced and I saw that it was co-op, it was like the wrong fit for, for me because I knew like what kind of a co-op experience would look like in this, and it's not what I wanted. But every time they would show off a new game, I would like look for opportunities to like completely change my mind and be interested. Uh, and none of them have ever hit. And this was like I think the final nail in the coffin for me that I'm probably not going to be checking this game out. Part of the reason is is the loot system. Like that just is not what I want out of these Batman games. Um, I, I do think it's a good thing that they're they canceled the the previous gen version so they can focus on on this on this gen because I think that's gonna uh, hopefully like lead to a more refined product and that is what I think my actual core issue is is that the gameplay just doesn't look fun uh, the combat looks very stiff and clunky um, when did Arkham Knight came out what like t- six seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at videos of that of that uh, combat, and it looks like way smoother. And I know this is a different developer, but right. like in 2022, when it, when like a game is releasing like this, and it just looks off, and it looks like it might not feel good, and the systems that they have just don't look fun to me, it's 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 gonna end up having to be a pass. And it's kind of a bummer too that people who are looking forward to it being a co-op experience, like maybe have been misled because it's it's now confirmed that it's a two two player co-op and not four as yeah we had thought so. Bummers all around. Yeah, uh, I feel like I could talk through Gage right now and say, like, why does this game have to have gear scores? Because you know, of course, there. Somebody on Twitter even said, like, every game doesn't need to have gear score and all this stuff. Like, of course, Assassin's Creed games lately have had that, and it's it's just like everything is getting inundated with it. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah. Because, like, this isn't an RPG. We don't need that kind of stuff in this. Like, yeah. Just let an action game be an action game. For sure. And I, I really hate when Gear Score... I mean, they do it in Destiny 2, but you could, like... Now you, you can change how your character looks, but I hate when the, the gear that, you, that is stronger than the gear that you have also affects how you look. So now you have to, like, look weird uh. to, to be stronger. <laughs> it's like, stop it. Yep. Stop it. I just want to look cool. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. That you that used to drive me insane with Destiny because like early on uh, the shader system it was uh, a consumable item and so like you would consume your 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 shader and you're using it on a, a piece of gear that you're probably only going to use for like the next ten minutes and then you're going to pick up something else. It's like, but now of course they've improved that where you can use it at any time now. But yeah, that was early D two. Yes. For us D one fans, we know what it was like. Yeah, what it was like. Yes. <laughs> it was True. the whole thing one shader for the whole piece for everything yeah <laughs> absolutely uh guys our next story i th- i saw some discourse on this uh so xbox had some downtime uh this weekend uh for a couple days of course i wouldn't know because i don't have my microsoft account still because you know i'll You're get in a t- permanent downtime yeah i'll get to that in uh you know game what you got for me or whatever we're you know where i ran about that but anyways <laughs> Uh, I saw some interesting discourse around that, uh, people talking about uh, ownership and digital rights and stuff like that. Um, So I thought it was important to try to clear it up a little bit because 
while the system is not perfect or anything, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying like this, this is like a foolproof system. There was some misconception uh, or misinformation, I guess, out there. Um, people were saying like, you know, if you, you have to have an online connection to be able to play all your games, that's not true. So what happened uh, essentially was people were getting error messages that were saying uh, just like generic messages, like you can't access your game or whatever. So when you first access your games on a brand new console, for instance, if I upgrade from an Xbox One to a Series X, uh, you have to launch your game for the first time. If you don't launch your game for the first time, the, the game doesn't get attributed to your console, uh, your new console. And so like the people that have, you know, their Xbox Series X as their home console, but have never launched any game from it before, we're getting that error because they, they've literally never launched that game. So essentially you have to launch every game that you play in order to be able to have the license to play it offline on your new console. I don't know if that made sense. I tried to explain it to make it easier than reading this whole thing, but uh, essentially that's what it is uh it's still like i feel like we still don't have a great mm. solution to drm uh in general for any console but uh i, I did think that was important to kind of highlight because people were saying i have this set as my home console but i can't play this game well you the engineers reported on this they commented on some threads and said well the reason why is because you didn't have the game launched before yes you had it as your home console but it wasn't launched before um so yeah i i, I don't know it's definitely a, a tricky thing uh that we're trying to navigate i guess <laughs> to figure out how to mm. do this the right way yeah no i i don't even have the answer because i go back and forth and like there's, pro there's probably a right way to do DRM, and we just haven't reached it yet. Because, I mean, that makes sense, though, that, you you know, you have to launch the game. But I don't personally like that. Like, it's yeah. very weird. Like, if you just bought a new console, you have to launch every single game in your category. I mean, they gave away so many games at this point that you probably have, like, hundreds of games. I'm not going to go through and launch every single one of them. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, if that's leading to less kind of piracy... And... Oh, I'm not getting into piracy because I'm kind of like pro piracy for, for the <laughs> most part. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I have faith that the engineers are on it, and like Xbox is aware that their DRM isn't perfect, but like, yeah. it is kind of a necessary evil for now. And like, I think if they work towards making it better, then like, I wouldn't have a problem with it. And I think, as one of the Xbox engineers said, they th they he said that. Uh, Essentially, we need to improve our error messaging because, like, it wasn't displaying a message that was reflecting, like, what was actually happening. So, like, people were getting mm. confused. So, obviously, that's a problem if you're not communicating to people appropriately why something's not working. You know, like, yeah. if you lock their account out and not tell them why, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <come on. laughs> I'll say this, Xbox lads, at least your, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? System? No, not system. Software? No. Doesn't sound right. Ecosystem? Help me out. Someone help me out. I don't know what you're trying to explain yeah, yet. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> At least but, Xbox is only down for, I don't know, give or take a day, right? Right. Over the weekend. Whereas us as PS3 owners, we oh. had a whole month. All right. That was we were lied. We were lied to. That was insane. I, I remember learning the Netflix trick. 
where if you signed in and it tell like you couldn't access the internet on PS3, but if you hit like cancel, um, as it tells you that there's no internet, it would like bypass it somehow and still like enter you. So I just watched Netflix for a month. Great, <laughs> nice. Man, that was wild. Was yes. they even <laughs> didn't they give like they? I remember they gave like LifeLock or something to people or like one of those things that monitors your um your uh make sure no one opens up like new accounts and stuff in your name because of that breach mm-hmm. like yeah it's crazy i can't believe they went so long and I'm like just like <laughs> all right fine it was a security breach yeah <laughs> all your info is out there wild anyway sorry uh guys our last quick bite here is commander shepherd coming back for the next mass effect because we got well, apparently I linked to the same... Oh, it's an update of the same link. But we got a, a listing on the Bioware store that had basically said that Commander Shepard is going to be coming back for Mass Effect 5 uh, in in the description of a Mass Effect 5 poster. Um, but then we've gotten an update now that says uh, Bioware project director Michael Gamble says that the store listing seemingly implying a return for Cam- Commander Shepard in the next Mass Effect was a simple mistake. On Twitter, Gamble replied to a thread. He said of uh, the original uh, description was written by the people who run the store and aren't familiar with the game. Why? <laughs> Why would you post this if you don't even know about the game? Like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, that's a weird, weird, like writing a like a synopsis of something that you have no idea about. Yeah. It's not a good idea. I almost, um, I almost wonder, Ro, if, if this is like them just like coyly trying to sweep this under the rug, and it's like it's real, but they just don't want to reveal. Yeah, it. I could, I could honestly see it both ways. Like weird things like this happen on the storefronts and all the time where like descriptions just don't make sense. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the leaks happen and the companies have to make up weird stories (laughs) to not spoil things or hope that it doesn't spoil things. But um, yeah, I I haven't played Mass Effects. I don't know how likely it is that Samander Shepard would be returning or not. Um, But I assume it would be a big deal if he came back. Yeah. Or she. Or she, she. Right. Yeah. It would be a big deal if they come back, yes. Which, honestly, like, the she version of Commander Shepard is far more, like, uh, lovable than the the male version. Like, the male version was such a boring character. He's iconic, for sure, but, like, in practice, I'd, like, Commander Shepard was the least exciting part of Mass Effect. I love Mass Effect, but, like, I mean, it's just Commander Shepard. I feel like sometimes they put a little bit more effort on, into one or the other one. There are the two choices. Maybe they did that for Commander Shepard, uh, the Lady Lady Shep, I think is what the fans Fem call Shep. her. Fem Shep. Fem Shep, yes. And I remember in Assassin's Creed, um, what was her name? Started with a K in Val. Oh. Was it Valhalla? Uh, no, it was Origin? Cassandra. It was, Cassandra, uh, yeah. It was Odyssey. Yeah. Yes. Her character was so much more fun and it's, it's to me expressive than the, the male version. I was like, uh-huh. you want us to play as Cassandra? And, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Did I play Mass Effect 2? What? Yes. <laughs> That's the best Man. one. That's the best one. I really I, I enjoyed my time with the one and I was like, I don't want any more of this. Here's the thing, Christian. Here's the thing. I was on, I was in the same boat as you when the original Mass Effect came out. I was I looked at it, I was like, eh, this looks generic. I'm I'm good. Right. Mass Effect 2 came out. 
I started, I bought it because I was actually, I was interested in it. I started playing like the first hour of it and I'm like, this is freaking awesome. I stopped playing it, went back to play the first game and completed the first game before I went back to actually play Mass Effect 2. Such a great game. But like now in today's age, is it still good, you know? I'm just nervous. It's been a while since I've played it, to be fair. Uh, I haven't played it in the um, the new collection. I've only played the original Mass Effect in the new collection, but I feel like it should hold up. Uh, and It's a great game. It's definitely... It's probably in my top... Probably my top 15 or two? so. Mass Effect uh, 2? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, all right. It's pretty good. High praise. Yeah. Uh, guys, into our PXN news of the week here. Uh, we have one story that I put in here, but it's a big one. Uh, lots of stuff in here. Uh, and it's the Nintendo Indie World event. And I believe I'm going to pass it to you guys to handle this because this is not my expertise whatsoever. <laughs> and I don't want to sound like, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about this. So uh, I'm going to pass it to you guys. Do you guys some indies? Bro, you 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 actually watched the direct, right? Because I don't, I I was too, I was asleep during it, but I, I okay. caught like highlights afterwards. You watched? I did live? watch. I did watch live. I watched uh, the Good Vibes Gaming react to <laughs> Indie World, so I kind of watched it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I watched it. Was like as it says here, it was a twenty minute show. Started at ten a.m. Eastern time this morning, and they showed a couple indies coming to the Switch. Uh, most uh, coming this summer and in the fall uh yeah they had some really cool ones i'm not sure uh which ones uh stuck out to you the most christian but for me uh soundfall was the one that kind of spoke i to knew me. you would like that yeah. i knew you would like it it looks so cool i mean obviously the animation at the beginning was was really dope but the gameplay looked like like lots of fun it reminded me of uh cadence of hyrule that rhythm action or rhythm fighting game mm-hmm. um but in this one i think you have you the movement isn't based on the the music, but like the attacks are. And I think in Cadence of Fire, it's a little bit of both. So you can't move on unless it's on the beat. But in this, I think you're more so attacking on the beat. And the music looks fun. The character is super cute. And it's like, a, I think it's a roguelike. Uh, I, I, it's definitely procedurally generated like the levels. And yeah, it looks super fun. Um, before I say my next one, I, I just want to know if Christian, if there's any other ones that you, you liked. Yeah, I did want to give a shout out to We Are OFK, which made an appearance mm-hmm. this as well, because that's one of my most anticipated indies of, of the year. Um, and I don't think we had a Switch confirmation that it was coming. Um, we do now, though, uh, obviously. Yes. And like, yeah, very excited. I think it comes out next month, if I remember right. So, uh, But the one that I thought was really cool came right after We Are OFK, which is Silt, um, which was like the black and white, kind of almost uh, inside looking game about the, the diver um yeah that art style for me is like what really sold me on the game Um, and just like the overall atmosphere yeah right yeah (laughs) creepy but like cool and just like just water movement just has me curious famously uh water level water (laughs) level lover over here yes so water levels don't suck according to christian (laughs) it definitely that one definitely reminded me of uh inside i guess that's an easy comparison because it's black and white but the the vibes definitely gave me inside slash uh limbo vibes yeah, it definitely looks really cool. Yeah. Um, I think the only Cult of Lamb looks really cool. I think that was showing off before, though. Um, yeah, 
but I, I really liked Eggo Crab's game, Treasure, oh, uh, another Crab's Treasure. How could I forget yeah. that one? Yeah. <laughs> that was the one big one before the, like, the scissor reel at the end. And it's, uh, Christian, like, it's, a, it's like a Souls-like game, but you're playing as a cute crab, and you're parrying and dodging. Like, <laughs> sounds like something you would enjoy. What, because it's Souls-like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, that, that part doesn't sell me. Because oh. I don't think any game really does Souls like uh, as well as from software, so I'm always trepidatious when a game is like considered Souls like. Because, mm-hmm. um, what is Tunic was, uh, you know, Souls like, and I actually thought the yes. Souls mechanics in that game were actually not the best part of it at all. Um, but for me, the another Crab's Treasure, like the art style and some of like the darker water areas and the traversal in those looks uh, super fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the art style too. I love that it's like a. A Souls-like fighter or fighting or combat game, but like mm-hmm. it has the bright, <laughs> shiny games uh, colors of like a Hat in Time or something. Like really cool. Yeah, yeah. And also cute, like the way you um, use like garbage in the ocean to, you know, make a shell for yourself. But yes, maybe that, I believe maybe that story- acts like an extra hit or something. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I think there's like. I forgot how much there was, but there was like a lot of different types of shells that you can put on your your crab, so you can put like a a can, or I guess all I'm seeing is a thimble is another option, I guess here. But uh, I think the story is that you're trying to get your repossessed shell back, so you lost your shell and you're trying to get it back. And yeah, so you're going through the world using cans and stuff as your shell. It, it's essentially your shield, I guess, in this game. But yeah, it, it looks fun. It looks really fun. But th- that was it for me, really. I saw that. Gibbon Beyond the Trees release today on the Switch, and that looks kind of cool. It looked like a fun game. It was in the Sizzle Reel, so I don't really know too much about it, but yeah. That was what are your thoughts? There was another one that I, uh, I thought really... Um, I was like, oh, this is a row kind of game. Just Gun uh, Gunbrella. Oh, yeah. The uh, the like yeah. <laughs> 2D sprite game. Um, what'd you think about that one? That one did look cool. I, I forgot about that one, which maybe I, that speaks to how much I want to play it. But it, it did look uh, cool when I first saw it. The, when I first saw the trailer, like the combat looks really fun. Um, the traversal looks super fun as well. The art style. Yeah, everything about it definitely looks cool. I don't know if I'm itching to play that type of game right now, but that's definitely a game that I may come back to in, cool. the, in the future for sure. It's next year, so maybe, maybe then I'll be in the mood for it. Is it funny Dan. that I look at that and I'm like, yeah, that's a Devolver game. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I love Devolver games. like, I, Or at least I, I love trying them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, famously, though, there's one game missing from today's showcase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Will we, ever see it? Will we ever see <laughs> Team Cherry's Silk Song? I just don't know anymore. I still have faith this year. You know what? E3's around the corner. Jeff Keighley no, it's gets, not. The, gets, Jeff Keighley gets the goods <laughs> at Summer Showcase. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had Elden Ring last year. True. What is bigger than Elden Ring? Fucking Silk Song, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Every time a Nindies rolls around and somebody's like, Silk Song, Silk Song, I was like, not to shit on the, on the, the, the indie, world, indie World Direct because I love them. They're fantastic. But I think a Silk Song announcement is big. It's like really big to not be here. What are you saying? Nindies... Showcases I, aren't big. I feel I, I'm saying the Silk Song is huge, is what I'm saying. That announcement is going to be like a. An, um, I want a lot of people to see that. And I don't know if a lot of people are tuning into the Nindies. You know, I feel like Silk Song wants to be at E3 or Jeff Keeley's thing. That's all I'm saying. I think Nindies are great. I just think so. Cherry wants a bigger audience to to announce it. That's all. 
There. All right, guys. Uh, let's do a little quick fantasy critic draft check-in, Christian. Uh, but before we do that, Trek Diomi got some reviews. We got a review roundup here. Um, it's not doing as well as I think we thought it would. Uh, even I'm, no. I, I was very surprised because, I, like, I, like you guys, I was excited for it as well. It looked like a cool art style, um, like black and white tone um, with you know some cool aesthetics to it. But uh, yeah, it's sitting at a seventy-three on Open Critic right now, which means Christian got three points for it. Um, sorry, Christian. <laughs> Uh, two games this month and a total of five points <laughs> uh, we hate to see it folks <laughs> we hate to see it uh wait switch sports only got you two? Oh shoot yeah yeah Woo. i might just win this yet don't worry uh the cup of dlc will give me some mighty like i'm hoping for at yeah. least like 10 i feel like that's gonna do very well for you but yeah uh yeah a little disappointing to see that it didn't do as well as we had hoped but you know it's in game pass check it out still uh free or i guess not I, free I, but included yeah and i have thoughts on i have thoughts on this and what you got for me okay because i played it nice okay so guys we've made it to the pxn's best open world game segment this week uh we decided we we're gonna split things up a little bit with gauge being out this week we're gonna split it up a bit so Today, Roe and Christian are going to announce their individual picks, and they're going to beg and plead with you on why you should choose their picks. Um, and then uh, starting this Friday, May 13th, uh, we're going to start the first poll, which I guess we can do Roe first. And so the 13th through the 14th, Roe will have his picks on there. And then the 15th and the 16th, Christian will have his picks on there on a poll on our Twitter page at PodcastPXN, and you'll be able to vote for what your favorite open world game is from their um, lists. And then once the, the winners from those lists uh, come out, those will go into our finals uh, picks, which will happen uh, Monday, May 23rd will be the start of that finals poll, and it will end Wednesday, May 25th during the podcast. So, yeah. Uh, and you may be saying, wow, it's a lot of dates. It's super confusing. Yeah. Don't worry about it. This this week is round one. Yes. Next week is round two. Yep. And then the finals week happens the, the, the week after. Exactly. Yes. Great way to sum it up. Uh, mm -hmm. So, guys, I, I'm going to, you know, pass this to you here. Row. Uh, do you want to get us started here on your your list here of are, are we going to alternate row sure one yeah me, one we can go me, back and forth yeah yeah let's do that um so for mine i'm going to start with sleeping dogs is one of my picks for best open world game i think i could testify that this game has held the test of time because i played it like two years ago and that game came out not two years ago, no. but it still holds up as a really great open world game. And the story is fantastic. I love being having to choose between my life as a detective or my life as part of the triad and having that family aspect as well uh, with, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but I'll come, yeah, I'll come back around to it. I'll, I'll search it up in the meantime. But uh, what, re what I really enjoyed about Sleeping Dogs was the, obviously the story, but the combat is so fun. <laughs> And being able to do those finishers on the the enemies, the gunplay is not so great, but 
what makes Sleeping Dogs special is definitely the hand-to-hand combat, and it's so fun mm. to just go through those little side missions and just beat up some bad guys, man, or beat up some cops, just like anything. It's just so fun to just like throw somebody off a building and just like <laughs> it's it's so fun. But um, yeah, Sleeping Dogs is definitely my first one that I'm gonna pick right now. It, it's not perfect everywhere, but it's a lot of fun. The martial arts in that game is so it's good. So good. Oh, yeah, it's so good. I agree. Uh. For me, I had 11 options when I first made this, and I had to kind of cut down. And I'm playing the list because, you know, Gage and Dan are going next week. So before the show started, um, we kind of talked, and I I can see what kind of games um, are going to be going into theirs. Um, And so I I took those out. I did want to give a few shout-outs real quick. Um, I threw in Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain as uh, one of the best open worlds because I think the... Uh, mission structure of how the open world works is makes for a really great gameplay loop even though i don't love the game um and then i want to throw in arkham city as well um not my favorite of the arkham games i think arkham asylum is my favorite more metroidvania uh, i think just spoke to me more but city like the side quests alone make for some of the best like arkham content uh, so shout out arkham city um I have to start mine, mine with Elden Ring. I have to. <laughs> uh, I've talked about it at length, so I won't do that now. I just think it's a phenomenally designed uh, open world game that's... We will see its influence in the years to come as much as we did with, like, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild um, in terms of, like, gameplay design. So Elden Ring is my first. Nice. That shocks um, everyone. Yeah, no one saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, the guy wearing the Bloodborne shirt, yeah. <laughs> Um, so for my second one, we're doing four, right? Four, mm-hmm. six, four. Okay. Yes. All right. So my, for my second one, I actually, I'm actually surprised that I'm picking this one because I was going to pick Sunset Overdrive and then I looked back at the game plan. I was like, I enjoyed this game, but I th- surprisingly, I think I enjoyed this game more. And this is weird because of all the topics we've said about Ubisoft and how weird they are <laughs> these days. Ooh. But I th- I really enjoyed Watch Dogs 2, like a lot. Yes. And I, I love that game for its characters. And I think they did the hacking systems a lot better than the first one. And just being able to play around with cars and different street elements um, was really fun. And going through it stealthily, which is something that I honestly hate doing in video games. I hate doing stealth. I love going guns blazing. It was actually really fun. So I, if, if a game can get me to enjoy the stealth, I know that it's... Well, I don't know that it's good, but it, it works for, for me. And Watch Dogs 2 worked for me. And yeah, I think the characters are super good. I, I cried when one of the characters bit the dust. There was a certain character that I was like, why they do this to him? <laughs> and yeah, I, I really liked uh, Watch Dogs 2. So that's my second pick for best open world game. That is not what you put on, 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 on the dock here. So for a while, I thought you were talking about something else. So... Oh, so, yeah, I didn't write it down because I, I removed my last one. Yeah, okay, uh, okay. Sorry, okay. sorry. Sorry if that was on your list, Christian. I apologize. No, 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 you're fine, okay. you're fine. Um, Let me add it here real quick. <laughs> After the fact. <laughs> now, while Christian debates, I would just say, like, Watch Dogs 2, it had more character because of, you know, Marcus uh, Holloway, I think was his name. Mm-hmm. It, like he was way more character infused than like watchdogs legion where they were just like yeah you can play as literally every anyone right. like it just loses some of that like personality i feel like when you do that um yeah and aiden famously the first protagonist oh, was just like so stale terrible yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I'm going to go with the, some smaller games that you would not expect and leave some bigger games towards the end. Um, just because there's a chance Gage might pick it. But So I'm, gonna, I'm still thinking about this. I'm going to go with um, Skate 3 as <laughs> an option for my best open world game. And why you may say, say that? For, personally, I think Skate 1 is more fun of a game. But Skate 3 like is designed from top to bottom to be the most fun skate game. No matter where you are on the map, like everything uh, in that world is meant to be like um some kind of uh, of set piece or um like um just you can do sessions like in, in throughout the entire environment and if that's not enough for you you can at any point um use like spawn markers or whatever to like bring in uh ramps or or tables or or rails to create like your own um set pieces which i think makes for like a completely amazing skate game that people are still using to this day. Like I, I get skate three TikToks like pretty much nonstop. And there's like a, there's a run that everyone does called jumping the the bridge gap. That there's still techniques to this day to to get like the the biggest, the most speed and the and the biggest uh, uh, gap. So skate three is my second pick. Thank you. Um, my next one, gonna be Ghost of Tsushima. Um. I really enjoyed this one too. I know I keep saying that for every single game that I mentioned here, but that's why they're on my list. Um, yeah, Ghost of Shima, fantastic. I love the story, um, being able to choose between honor and the way of the ghost. I don't remember what it was called, but I guess dishonor. And having that, well, I don't want to spoil it, but having to debate which is the quote-unquote right choice for, for Jin and having to deal with his family struggles and the the actual island of Tsushima trying to protect it and I just thought that story was really cool and really well done um, but the open world was beautiful <laughs> like I knew I loved this game like from the start when I where you like are on your horse and you're going through that field and then the title hits it's like ah, gets give me chills every time I love that scene and the the rest of the uh, the game is just as beautiful uh, I think the for me like the side missions were really fun as well. Like it, I thought it mm-hmm. like beautifully wove its way into the main story as well. It, it's not they're like <laughs> they're they're their own stories, but if you're paying attention to what's being said and how and what's being said in the stories, they also like beautifully meld into the actual main story. For me, I, I think they did it really well. Um, but the best part of Ghost of Shima is the duels. Going around and finding those like little uh, the characters that were waiting for you to battle them. They're so cinematic and so fun. The duels are just like my favorite part of that game. And yeah, Ghost of Shima is my third pick. Best open Kirik agrees with you in the chat. He says <laughs> Ghost was brilliant. So good. So I love make, that game. Make sure you vote for it then, Kirik. Bro, as someone who didn't like Ghost of Tsushima very much. I will say the um, the arenas with the yes. duels were some of the best content in that game. So good. Uh, it, yeah, it was so freaking good. Just yeah, make a game like, of that, honestly. <laughs> Just having me go to, to duel to duel, I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, I'm going to remove one from my list right now. Actually, ooh. I would say you could still, if it's the one we were talking about, you could still pick it because I think he was debating between that and the original game. I think. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say that. I think he wrote down the first game when he first wrote it down. Yeah. Some of these, some of the one I'm highlighting right now. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave either the first or the or, or the second for Git, just in case. Okay. So instead, my third game will be uh, The Witcher Three, which is uh, the one game that like finally sold me uh, on RPGs. Like it converted me. Um, I, and, and like for it to be the third game in the series and to be that enthralling, to be that well written, um, for me like to still think about some of the side quests in that game as like moments that are like extremely powerful and, and still subvert expectations for what side quest content can be. Uh, yeah. And, and even just main quests, like how, like for these characters that I didn't even know and ended up like s- still caring about that I still do. Right. And I'm excited for the fourth installment. Yeah. Witcher three, just an absolute uh, S tier, uh, or, uh, or RPG. And like uh, what I would say is a great open world game. Definitely. That's, that's a game that I never really clicked with me, but I could, it would be crazy for me to say that that's not a good game. Like, I know how important The Witcher 3 is and how fantastic the story is and the open world is, all that stuff. It's just not something that clicked with me. Uh, I guess the same way that Ghost didn't click with Christian. Um, but for me, my final pick, gotta be Marvel <laughs> Spider-Man. I, it's such, uh, such a good game story-wise. The final battle in that game is so good. The dialogue, the emotions, so good. But the open world is amazing. I think we've talked about it before on the show. When fast travel is unlocked, I didn't need it. I never used it. I No matter how far the, the mission was, like if it was on the other side of the map and I was on the other side of the map, I would swing to it, no matter how long it took, because it was so fun to traverse in that game. The web swinging is amazing. Just like bouncing off the buildings, the parkour is fantastic. Parkour is fantastic. Um, and I, I platinum that game because of how fun it was to to traverse and just do the little side missions in there. And I think what makes an open world really good is when you want to be in that open world for as long as possible and just do random stuff and not just progress the main story. And Spider-Man definitely did that. And I just wanted to do everything in that game. Um, so yeah, Spider-Man is definitely my favorite. And I love the combat. Yeah. Damn, you ran down five answers. I No, I just changed my answer live here because of uh, certain things. We'll, I'll discuss it next week, yeah, when it's my turn. Uh, I hope that one doesn't win. Because why? Be... No, never mind. No, I'll stop. I'll, stop. I'll explain why. I'll explain why okay, next okay. week. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll have to listen in. <laughs> hmm. I actually am taking one of my uh, mine away. And I'm saving that for a different category. So I'm going to say this as an honorable mention now. I originally had The Witness as best open world. I think what that game does in terms of like puzzles by via its open world is like one of the best design games I've ever played. But I think I would want to save it for um, for like some kind of puzzle game category. So I'm taking that one away. There was another game that I want to do that I wanted to to use, uh, but I'm I'm betting that Gage will will put this game, so I won't say it. Um, shoot. Mm. Mm. Ro, do you have an honorable mention real quick that you can use to fill time? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the one that I was going to pick was uh, Sunset Overdrive. Um, I really, again, like similar to Spider-Man, I love the traversal in that game. And it's just so fun to just bounce off of everything and just literally bounce (laughs) off of everything. Like you were like jumping buildings in that game it was super fun the combat is super fun it was like and i really yeah no go for it go for it i was just gonna say it was like a skate game too like yeah with the grinding and stuff it was so cool like how they little combos that you would do yeah 
Yeah, trying to to yeah, there was really cool combos like trying to make how long I I think I think if I'm remembering this correctly, like you would grind and then you would yeah. jump off of it and then just keep going and just trying to have a really long streak while you're traversing the world. And I honestly I thought that game was kind of funny. Like I thought the writing was really well done. I know not everybody thought it was clever, but I I really liked it. And the characters were surprisingly grew on me. And they're just really stupid caricatures, but. Yeah. I, I had a fun time with the, the characters in that world, and yeah, it was, it was surprisingly a good time. Very colorful world too. Yes. Like, oh, so many colors. Love it. So, too many colors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pulling an audible here. Okay. Ooh. I have a new honorable mention. Near Automata. <whistles> I love. I absolutely love that game. Uh, I love the story, uh, and I think the or the open world in that game, the way it uses like side quests and, and in its environment to like really reflect on the game's themes is uh, phenomenal. However, I'm pulling, I am pulling one of my uh, honorable mentions that I'd said already in the in the past, and making that one of my official picks. And it's Arkham City. Nice, nice. That, that's the biggest turnaround in history, right there, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> Heck yeah. Okay. And did I, I think Kirk in the chat asked, vote where? Yes. And I said it would be up tomorrow. Is it that true or is that Friday we're putting up the, the first poll? So the first poll on Friday, okay. we will put That's it up. So Rose picks, essentially to explain it again for Kirk and everybody else, because I know it's a little confusing. I'll just say to vote on Christian and Rose picks. So each of them chose four games. Uh, we're going to post Rose four games on Friday in a poll and you choose which of the four that you want to advance to the finals. Once you once that vote concludes on Saturday, um, we'll have that answer, uh, you know, to for the finals poll. Sunday, Christians will start, and then mo- it will go to Monday. And then once his four games are chosen, uh, people will vote on their favorites of Christians' picks. That game will go to the finals. And then next week we'll address me and Gage uh, individually, and then we will talk about what's in the final four in two weeks, I guess. I gotta say, it hurts because there are games that I think would probably be in my best open world game that I can't pick because of other people who have selected them. So yes, keep an eye on next week. That's exactly because we were talking about it last week and I was like, I really want this game, but uh, okay, I won't take it. I'll, I'll, I'll think of something else. But this is good because it'll make for an exciting finals. Yes, that's true. Definitely. I, it was pretty easy for me to choose. My, well, because I kind of was first to dip, so I, I, I admit that. But I don't play a lot of open world games, so like this was kind of, <laughs> kind of easy. Yes. Right, and have much to choose from. Yes. Moving into what you got for me. Uh, I, I guess I'll start us off here with a r- little <laughs> bit of a rant. No, uh, okay. I've been in communication with Juan from Microsoft Support Executive Team. I, I got this contact, which I have speculation on how I got this contact, but I, I don't know for sure if this is how I got it, so I won't say it yet. But I plan on asking him at the end if he resolves my issue. Like, how did you, you know, contact, who made you contact me or whatever? But anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm still waiting to get into my account. Hopefully, some point, I got an email back from him today, actually, because he asked me if uh, I have two-factor enabled on my account, and I was like, oh, no. 
he's going to say, because I have two-factor, like someone else had already told me, another support person had said, well, you have two-factor enabled, we can't help you. He asked me if I had two-factor enabled. I'm like, oh, God, we're going down this rabbit hole again. So I, I sent him a long thing, and I said, yes, I have it enabled, as you should have it. Yeah, guys suggest we do yeah. right uh and he's like oh no 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 i i don't mean anything like that he's just like uh, we're just making sure for uh verification of your account purposes i was like okay all right i'm just making sure that you know you're not gonna say no or whatever so he's still investigating whatever that means uh he's been investigating for two days now i don't know hopefully there's a resolution coming soon i don't I'm not sure right now but Fingers are crossed everywhere. Um, and also, I just finished last night uh, my first pass on my Summer Games hype video for Friday. I'm planning on launching it at 1 p.m. Eastern on my personal channel. So uh, if you want to find that, you can find me. Dan is DTM on Twitter. I'll post it there, and it'll be on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, it's normally my E3 hype video, but Summer Games hype video this year. So. Can you send it to our 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 dm sure on twitter as well that way i can catch it yeah because i'll be mostly off my phone but i want to i want to see this so absolutely absolutely you can hear me yell about the games <laughs> <laughs> all right so ro what you got for me uh this week i was off of school so i, I was able to actually play a video game or last week i should say and i played the heck out of citizen sleeper on xbox game pass i was supposed to play trek Tiomi. i was supposed to play loot river i was like you know what this looks kind of cool mm. so i decided to play this and i loved it it's so good I, I i've rolled credits on it but i'm not technically done it there's still some storylines that i still have to wrap up but yeah it's really cool it's a, it's a, essentially a visual novel with table top game elements in it where um, you're on this space station. You are an AI. You're an android with a human brain, and they go into that story a little bit more, and it's really cool. Um, but you're using dice to perform actions, and depending on the type of dice that you use, depends uh, determines whether the outcome of the action that you're performing is positive, neutral, or negative. So you could be working a shift at a bar, and if you roll a two, you have a 50% chance of a neutral outcome, or a 50% being a po- negative outcome. And that just basically means you may get, you may lose energy, or you may um, get a nice tip if it's a neutral outcome. And there's a whole bunch of systems that it'll take me forever to explain, so I won't go too much into that. But I'll instead talk about how awesome the story is and the characters and how quickly I was able to grow attached to them. And the story is like really well written. Um, so yeah, if, if you're in, if you're interested in a good story, I would say hop in and give it a shot. The the, the the systems aren't super hard to understand. You, they give you a fantastic tutorial right out the gate, so you'll be good to go and just enjoy the story. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the tabletop stuff, though. That was honestly the most fun that I had trying to manage my character and also progress the stories before something bad were to happen. Like Some of this is timed as well, so you have to make sure an outcome happens by a certain time or else a character is going to face a bad outcome or you're going to face a bad outcome. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed Citizen Sleeper, and I'm hoping to wrap up this the remaining story threads uh, when I have some more time. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. It's on my top 2022 games uh, oh, wow. of this year now. Yeah, it's awesome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Everyone, everyone, go play Cyberpunk Disco Elysium. That's sick. 
that's sick. And there's no excuse to not play it, right? Because it's in yep. Game Pass. Wait, there is an excuse because I don't have my account. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Damn. I'm kidding. Uh, Find a way, Dan. Find yeah. <laughs> Christian, what Bro, you got? Oh, sorry. No, this leads into Mike, what you got for me. Bro, you have no idea how bad I wanted to play this game this week, but I, for the first time, did not have the time. Uh, I said, I'll start with Trek to Yomi and then I'll do Citizen Sleeper. Um, and then I just, I hadn't. And then I'm, now I'm leaving. When am I going to play Citizen Sleeper? Like when I get back. Hopefully. It's uh, really good. I think yeah. you'll, you'll like it. I, I know, dude. I know. It's so up my alley. Um, so, yeah, so I, I played Trek to Yomi. Um, and I was severely disappointed by it. Like, it was not fun to play. Um, I was listening to some reviews, and I couldn't agree more that, like, I think shot composition and art style are by far the best things about this game. Like, it is, like, really incredible what they're, what they're doing with, with composition and with blocking. Like, that cinematography in the game is very reminiscent of, a, like, a lot of its inspirations from samurai f- movies. And seeing that in a game is, like, phenomenal for me where it falls is the combat it is it is so not good uh, that combat it just feels so awkward like the blocking and parry timing is is weirdly very close and the animations that happen when you do a successful parry does not indicate that like you have done it like and then like your character is like a step back and then you can't do anything and it resets like the animation so if you were trying to parry it would just like it will reset the animation and then I'll start going in for an attack because you already pressed the button. By that time, uh, the uh, an enemy might have been like going in for an attack, so like it, it leaves you open. It's like, oh, I thought I got the timing right, and that it didn't happen, I guess. So now I, I'm down a hit. Luckily, the game is like super um, generous with their checkpoint system that it doesn't feel like I don't have to backtrack very far. Like I'll, just, I'll be in the room before it, so it's nothing too huge. But just it just makes for a not fun game when all the combat just feels very stiff um mm-hmm. and i got about halfway through the game and i i just i called it i was like i'm not enjoying this enough and, and, and i bounced that's a bummer yeah yeah very much a bummer i mean but like i still appreciate it as, as an as an art form though so you know what mm-hmm. i mean like yeah. i'm still happy i gave it the chance so shout out to game pass yeah yeah it's a bummer. and i mentioned yeah also i mentioned earlier uh some stuff about off the grid and I, this, well, I'll give my thoughts here on off the grid real quick. First, I think playing with battle, battle royale in terms of like genre, I think is very freaking cool. Like that to me, like speaks so much more than like uninspired stuff that Ubisoft does with like their <laughs> battle royales. Where it's like, no, this is doing like an interesting take. Like it's it's a different genre. Uh, it, it's dystopian, and it's doing system with doing something with its mechanics that makes um, actual gameplay different than other battle royales. It makes it stand out. And I think that on that front is really cool but this leads into what what is my actual what you got for me which is i have submitted my first um article pitch to a major um video game website um because i was hit with uh, the idea that um we need more games that are climate forward art uh and cy- cyberpunk and dystopias are too much in the zeitgeist which are making us kind of doomers about about climate change altogether. One of the first games that did that on, on a big scale was Horizon Forbidden West. And so I, I pitched an article about it. So inshallah I get yes. to write it. Look. That would be sick. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You sh- there's another game that you could reference is uh Alba's Wildlife Adventure. Fun game. Fun game. What game and is it's this? all 
Alba's Wildlife Adventure, and it's all about uh, saving an island by cleaning it up and saving the animals. It's a, it's definitely aimed towards kids, but I played all of it, and Ooh. it was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, this 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 is like in the periphery of what I'm what I'm talking about. Like my specific subgenre is solar punk. Oh, okay. So not not eco critical kind of, but this is this is cool. I didn't I know I didn't know about this game. I'm so excited. I may, I'm I may use it as a reference. Yeah, and if the article doesn't happen, if I if that gets, I'm gonna pitch it to like probably like two more sites. If that doesn't happen, then uh, congratulations, you two know about my next video essay. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And of course, climate change is a big issue that you know needs more exposure that doesn't seem to get the exposure. But uh, we are so doomed. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> whoa, whoa solar punk solar punk art seeks to eradicate that all together right? and wants you to be hopeful about the future i saw this really cool commercial i think it was a water bottle commercial and it was it was solar punk uh aesthetic and it looks awesome i, I i'll try and find it whoa oh god what, what the heck mm, my thumb <laughs> what happened i had a callus for, like an injury from the gym earlier like part of my skin got caught and uh it, it ruptured recently like during Thanks. the show it's all bleeding. Gosh. Get some first aid for the man. I got a tissue. <laughs> all right, guys. Moving into the topic of the show, we've got a bunch of sales data and earnings reports, but we are going to give our impressions on the backs of the news stories that came off of these items. Uh, Sony has officially confirmed PlayStation 5 has shipped 19.3 million units to date with 1.3 million in the previous quarter. Uh, PS4's numbers are currently at 117.2 million, which is whew, it's insane for PS4. Um, it is interesting, though. Uh, Sony has apparently missed its PS5 sales targets and uh, amid their stock struggles. Uh, PS5 shipments were down to 1.3 million this quarter from the previous 3.3 million shipped in the same period last year. And of course, it's not due to people not being interested. It's due to supply chain issues. And mm. uh, I guess my question, because, well, first let me go into this last story for Sony and then I'll ask you a question. Um, but Sony is also investing $300 million more into its first-party games on multiple platforms, which, uh, I mean, reading between the lines, it seems to indicate more PC uh, ports of their PlayStation exclusives, which makes a lot of sense, um, and it would get a lot of goodwill from a lot of people. But mm -hmm. uh, Sony seems to think over the next year they're going to double their PlayStation 5 uh, totals from 19.3 million. They're going to get another 19 million. Or do we think that the supply chain is going to be able to handle that? Because I'm like, I'm reading this and I'm like, how? How are we going to double in a year after these supply chain issues? Like, are these going to persist? I, I really hope these supply chain issues get figured out and they do hit those numbers because that means we're yeah. going well. There was an article a couple weeks ago, maybe like two or three months ago at this point, that uh, they were talking about the chip, ship shortage. And if I remember that article correctly, uh, they were... Uh, they, and by they I refer to experts in this, in this field, were speculating that they expect this uh, chip shortage... Um, to go on into 2023 right and and possibly even like at the like 
you won't see like this ease down and get better until 2024. Um, there was a lot of talk about like now is not the best time to buy a um, a new car no. uh, <laughs> because like in, in newer cars you use these kinds of chips and they're like using like cheaper alternatives because there are no chips. So like you should not be buying 2022, 2023, 2024 cars. Mm. That's what the article said, but. I don't. I don't see how Sony is able. How they'll be able to do that? Like I, if anything, I feel like the chip shortage is getting like marginally worse as we go along. Not better. I think it's skewing negatively. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how they're gonna do it. But I mean, if if they say they can do it, then power <laughs> to them. Yeah. I, it's it's very interesting. Like, like the demand's at an all time high for gaming consoles in general, not just you know PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, everyone. And it, we're just in a such a precarious position that no one can keep consoles in stock. I mean, Xbox seems to be doing better now, but it's insane. Yeah, it. I just I just want a PS Five. I mean, even if they were, again, every time I say this, even if they were available, I'd probably be able to pick one up right now just because of I need to be saving money for school and all that stuff. But yeah, as Dan said, it's like it it sucks. It really sucks to be someone who who doesn't have one, has the financial stability to to purchase one. And they just can't. They just want to play some PS5 games. And because of the ship shortage, they they just they just can't. Um, I don't. I don't, well, you can <laughs> yeah. if you have a lot of money. If, uh, just go on eBay and, and one, but. with the Gotham Knights delay, row or the not, Gotham yeah. Knights cancellation, cancel you it. soon may not be able to play. Uh, That's so true. Games. Yeah, there's going to be more and more games that that probably abandon uh, abandon next gen in the couple of years. Like there might be some 2022 games that are coming up, 2023 games coming up that I'll have to wait until 2025 to play. Maybe or to or. Mm. Not me, but like people who are in the market for a PS5 and don't have a PS4 or have a PS4 and those games aren't coming there anymore. So, yeah, yeah. they definitely need to supply the demand. Even like VR, which if, mm-hmm. if, if Sony wants PSVR 2 to be successful, right? Like not only do they have to worry about the amount of units they can create because of the, the chip shortage, but like... um the the pool of people who are going to buy this are much smaller because just they have less consoles out in the wild so yeah yeah well and like will uh sony manufacturing vr headsets will that take away from their supply of uh oh yeah like true very interesting um now moving on from that we've I got just wanna, oh sorry go i ahead. just want to i just want to shout out uh, kira croc in the cat in the chat he said don't hate me oh i just got my second ps5 on saturday oh. <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> good Wait, for you good for you where is kira uh i need kira to like link me to this stuff because I, I think i'm in the market for a second ps5 no, hold on oh. hold on not because i want to because <laughs> i want to sell my first one okay oh. and you may ask That's why yeah. You may ask why, Christian. Well, why, Christian? I want to be able to to watch Blu-rays because I have the digital. Oh, console. I want, uh, the, okay. I want the disc one now. That Never makes sense. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Good for you, Karak. Just get, and yeah, send send us that link. Where are you where are you going yeah, to get these PS5s? Just get an Xbox Series S, as we talked about last week. When uh, I was <laughs> stupidly remembering that it's not, uh, it doesn't yeah. have a disc. Yeah. <laughs> uh moving into some Nintendo stuff, guys. Nintendo Switch has officially shipped 107.65 million Switch consoles in total since its launch in March of 2017. 
five years, 107 million. That is insane. I mean, mm-hmm. on the backs of the Wii U, that did awful. Mm. Yeah, and this is interesting because there's an article that I think came out today where the president of Nintendo Japan, Shu, Shintaro Furukawa, has said the company's eventual transition away from Nintendo Switch to its next hardware platform is, quote, a major concern for the company. And as you just said with the Wii U stuff, like, that can happen again. Yeah. Like, they've worked mm-hmm. really hard to, to get this $107 million and Switch is, like, a hit. And I'm sure they're not rushing to make a next console, but eventually that time will come. We're already five years into it, and six years is usually usually the, the area where they switch. I, 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 no pun intended, <laughs> but uh, um, I, I do feel like the Switch lifecycle is going to be a little bit longer than most because of its success. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to retain this, this audience, and that's what the article goes on to say, that, that, that that's what they're trying to work on to keep these people for the next cycle of consoles mm. coming up but uh it'll be interesting to see if they're able to keep the success going because the wii was awesome and then the wii u came out Dude. hopefully it doesn't happen again to them i was thinking about the wii this week and about how hard nintendo went on on the games like i think it's easy for us to forget like nintendo put out so many games on the wii even mm-hmm. for like like their existing stuff like they were like toying around with different like uh you know like Mario, like I think all the sports games were available on Wii. Maybe maybe not, maybe not tennis, but like when I think of, about the Switch, maybe now it's better. Like it is insane how successful the Switch is when you think about like the games that are on it. Like aside from Breath of the Wild, maybe and, and Mario Odyssey, like the other games are just you know, it's successful games are, are ports of older games like Mario Kart and, and mm. no, I take that back. Smash Ultimate is a new game, isn't it as well? Yeah. So my argument is falling apart as I speak, but <laughs> but still like. Like some of the like Mario Kart is like the most uh, mm-hmm. most successful Mario Kart, and it's like it's, it's a port of an of an older game, right? And like there, it doesn't feel like there are newer well um, first party games coming to Switch as often as uh, like I felt like they were with older consoles. But like the games they are shipping are phenomenal games, and yeah. Kirby and the Forgotten Land is like the most recent of those. Like great reception from its from its release. And yeah. to piggyback off of that, Christian, Kirby sold 2.1 million units in its first two weeks, which is an astronomical number. And uh, to kind of go on the backs of what you were saying there, like as far as franchises go, their Switch sales this year for their games, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, 14.65 million copies. That's that's pretty good. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which of course is the new open world format of Pokemon, 12.65 million. Uh, Mario Party Superstars, 6.88 million. Skyward Sword HD, 3.91 million. Which that seems low to me, but I guess Skyward Sword isn't necessarily you know as high on people's minds. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, still fucking just killing it. So pardon yeah. my language, 9.94 million uh animal crossing at six million in the last year so 38 million total for animal crossing that's insane insane and yeah pokemon gen 9 is this year too so that's gonna do crazy numbers as well even more people are gonna have even more switches are going to be out there by then as well but even game or like you were talking about kirby like that's it's a popular franchise but it doesn't sell mario numbers obviously but like Franchises like Kirby and Metroid are like, 
having like a really great resurgence with the Switch and getting new fans like myself. I never played a Metroid game, and now I could, I consider myself at least a, a small Metroid fan. I'm, I, again, I still haven't played all the other games, but I'm definitely interested in the next one now. And that's because I was able to play Metroid Dread on the Switch. And yeah. 235 million games sold on the Switch in 2021 for Nintendo. <laughs> the most ever for them. That's insane. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see why they're worried about about the next one because yeah, this is this is like you said, this is the best they've ever done. So, and they do have some good games coming this year. They posted a, a little graphic, uh, or Jeff Keighley posted a little graphic from their um, little earnings call or whatever uh, with games coming. And you got June 10th, Mario Strikers, Fire Ooh. Emblem Warriors, June 24th, uh, Monster Hunter, Sunbreak. Yes, that's. One of my games. Uh, June 30th, <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles 3, July 29th, Splatoon 3, September 9th, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, late 2022. And yes, Bayonetta 3 is still coming 2022. So Christian can enjoy some of that Bayonetta action. Yeah. If you're going to why, Bay- why do you Bay- single me out? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, Ro. You have a, you have a legit take no. that I have to go first. <laughs> Why do you single me out? <laughs> because you're you're gonna take it after dark and take it into the wee hours of the night. I I still need to need to finish Bayonetta two. That's true. Start it. That's true. That's true. Ro Ro is a big fan as well. I I still have to finish one. I do enjoy it though. I did I do really like it, but I'm still playing through the first one. But uh, yeah, I need to finish that before we get there. I was I was what I was gonna say is like Christian, if you're gonna enjoy Bayonetta, let let Daisy join. Strikers again. Why is she hanging out with you anyway, huh? Yeah, Yo, you like that picture? She's busy I, I did like it, but I'm also a little mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Capcom news, guys. Capcom has reported another year of record high profits divin- driven by its digital content business. 32.6 million sold video games during this fiscal year. Resident Evil Village has reached 6.1 million in sales monster hunter wait is that monster hunter i don't even know what that is mhs2 yeah monster hunter uh, stories 2 okay so yeah. 1.5 million units so capcom's still doing some good work which they are still on the upturn of their you know comeback they've they've been doing amazing work lately in the last few years so major props to them and uh resident evil 6.1 million that's pretty good for a horror genre uh it's kind of a niche genre nowadays um so that yeah that's cool to see hopefully we get some more resident evil do you guys you guys want niche genre but like still a a big a big franchise name though you know what i mean yes absolutely it's still sad to me that resident evil 6 is the the highest selling game in the franchise though because that game's (laughs) awful it's terrible (laughs) yeah that's yeah. not not good. Uh, Christian, this next one will excite you, though. Bandai Namco announced Elden Ring has exceeded 13.4 million units as of March 31st. That is quite the compliment, mm. like, or quite the mm. accomplishment. I think their previous game, somebody said that they sold 2 million over 10 days, which this is a huge jump over that. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah, when did this game come out? Was it late February? So in the in a little over a month, it sold 13 million, yeah. which is insane for not just not just a Souls game, but a Souls open world game, which had like they had never made a game like this. For it to be this like crit- 
top rated is one of the best games like ever made uh you know you know according to like metacritic or it was open critic one of those two like it's in the top 10 it, insane no longer are these are these niche games like i think now from software is like a household video game name that like even if you hadn't played them you know what these games are about um and more, more importantly i think this this is great to see people like giving it a try even if you find out it's not for you like we can appreciate that these these games are not more accessible but they seem to be skewing more approachable like no longer is the fear of like the get good mentality kind of pe- pushing people away it's still that's still there but like i think there are more people being open about trying these experiences than ever before and more people willing to help those that have never played a game uh, from software game before so this is very cool news Absolutely. Heck yeah. Go get them from soft. Go get them. <laughs> Make some more games Christian can play. Uh, and I, I still want to try Elden Ring. I, I haven't done it yet, but uh, piggybacking off of what Christian said, I, I definitely want to give it a shot. It does seem more approachable as well. And just, and, and just everything that everybody's saying, I, I got to give it a shot someday. EA news, guys. EA will officially end its partnership with FIFA for naming rights of their game after this year's game. Uh, in the future, it's going to be called EA Sports FC instead. Um, and then FIFA goes on to complain or complain claim that they will always make the best game. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like my question is, is like. You guys are claiming that you're always going to make the best game. You don't even know who's going to make the game. Like, because EA mm-hmm. has historically, you know, and of course, not to say that EA doesn't have problems in all of this, but like EA has been making soccer games for the last 30 years or whatever. I'm pretty sure they're a lot more equipped to make a, a soccer game than insert developer here whoever the fifa will partner with um it's kind of like the mlb the mlb partners with a developer to make an official mlb game that is awful terrible it's not a good game the show is the best game out there uh for mlb but yeah it it's it, it was funny to me reading that that fifa was like oh yeah we'll be fine we don't need this because fifa is uh tremendously out of touch with its fans and they're talking out their ass they're very corrupt they have no idea what's going on they they will not make a good game if they do make a game at all um and this is just them uh being prideful with with an announcement because they're insane from what i from what i've read just like asking for uh like just for using the name fifa alone like demanding they're oh my god you think EA is bad? Like FIFA is like the the worst company out there, uh, demanding like a left. They just all they care about is making as many amounts as money as much money as possible and not caring what happens. Like the World Cup is this year. They're building this in 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 um in Qatar. You know how many people are dying building the stadium right now? So many people. Oh, God. And they don't care as long as the stadium gets built by December, right? Um, yeah. Good luck, FIFA. You, you, but screw you but not really yeah <laughs> you, you would think that would be a match made in heaven you know like ea and fifa wanting to just make a, a quick buck but no like one is obviously the those two opposites or not opposites those two personalities are just clashing i guess but i don't see this working out for either of them like the name change is i don't think is going to work for like the casual audience that plays the feet not not everybody is casual but i'm just saying that the general audience of the sports games is usually not the hardcore gamers and them 
may not be aware of this news and then see EA Sports FC, it may not sell as well as EA FIFA games. And FIFA, if they do decide to make a game, it's not going to play as well as an EA game, and people are going to catch on to that quickly and not buy them. So I don't think this is going to work out for FIFA uh, the way that they think, and I think EA is definitely going to suffer from losing the name as well. I think you're spot on with that, Ro. I I agree with that completely. It's going to be a... It'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and maybe maybe Bobby Kotick's next adventure when hopefully Microsoft kicks him to the curb if they get acquired is uh, he'll he'll become president of FIFA because, you know, the, the swamp will continue Jeez. to... Yeah, that'll just, <laughs> I hope not. Uh, make a FIFA bad company worse. worse. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Um, but also quickly here, they also EA uh, announced some upcoming games as well, which kind of teased a little bit. They said there's four unannounced games coming from January to March 2023, a major IP, a partner title, a remake and another sports title. And supposedly these are all unannounced. Like I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys had any ideas for any of them or uh I'm curious what the remake's going to be because uh, obviously we're getting the Dead Space remake, but that's already been revealed. So I don't know if mm-hmm. that if that's just oversight on their behalf or if this is going to be something else. I don't know. Time for Mirror's Edge to return. Oh, oh <laughs> are you kidding me? But if if they did, I don't think it. I don't think it'd be a remake, right? I think it'd probably be like another installment. Yeah. I don't oh, right. that. Yeah, that's true. Maybe yeah. maybe that'll be the uh, the major. I, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Oh. I don't know enough about EA's catalog besides Mirror's Edge to make an educated guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting it, to see. Because they've they've got more remakes, right? They've got Prince of Persia. That's Ubisoft. Maybe, they've yeah. got yeah. What is Splinter Cell? Is I think Ubisoft is doing that as well. Yep. Uh, but I just don't know if they're considering those, right? Or even if Splinter Cell will be a remake or not, right? So, right. damn. I know we talk crap about Ubisoft a lot, understandably so. Um, and yet, like when I look at this tweet and I see that they're working on stuff, like I, it's, I don't know, I kind of get excited for the potential of like they can still make good games, you know. Oh, I believe for UB, you're talking. About... I mean, EA, you're talking about UB or EA? Oh my god, I clicked <laughs> on the wrong article. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I'm looking ahead, dude. No, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Uh, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And some people are speculating that the sports game that <laughs> EA is uh, referring to is the college football sports game that they announced a few years ago, but um, they said it's coming back. So maybe we'll see a college football game return next year. Yeah. But no speak- wonder you guys were like, oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, I was confused for a second, but no. Well, speaking of UB, Christian. Uh, moving to our last story here, Ubisoft plans to ship the following games by March 31st, 2023. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Mario Plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, and Skull and Bones. Please cancel it. Uh, <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see what Avatar turns into because we really haven't, mm. we haven't seen anything from it. Um, and it's being made by Massive, who made The Division and The Division 2, etc., um, so I'm intrigued to see what that is, but like ob- obviously this can't be all the games they're planning to release by March 31st, right? Like th- surely they have other stuff coming, like Assassin's yeah, Creed. Yeah, the Battle Royale. Yeah, uh, they got X Define up their sleeve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably the Division's Homeland thing as well. True. Mm. I would hope. 
true. Um, yeah. Yeah, out of, out, of, out of these, I'm definitely excited for Mario <laughs> Rabbids. Yeah. But the other two, I know I've heard bad I've heard bad things about Skull and Bones and Avatar. We just, as you said, we haven't seen that much yet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can make a good game sometime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm I'm hedging my bets on these um, Prince of Persia games. Mm. Both the 2D and the remake. Yes. They did move developers for the remake, so maybe that'll bode well for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys, anything else before we close out the show? Yes. Shout out Hillary Duff. Oh, thank you, Hillary. Thank you for that. You really made my week, man. Thank you. Wait, what did what what happened? <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Lizzie we'll McGuire. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it in the after show, after dark. Uh Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. Roshan. I don't know why I have a Roro still there. It is fine. Roshan. (laughs) I usually say Ro, I think, but Roshan. No problem. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I got one this week. Yeah, you did. You did. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Thank you, Daniel, as well. Much love, and keep on gaming. See ya.